Welcome to the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast. We help put social media to work for your church. Social media is your opportunity to engage your community all week long, reach new people, and start new conversations. Every week, we'll bring you a dose of practical, tactical, skill-building training as we talk to communicators, church leaders, and members of our team. Are you ready? Let's get to today's session. Well, hey, everybody. This is Kenny Jang with another installment of our Lunch and Learn series for Church Butler. We've had some really good success in finding some topics that you guys have found valuable, and hopefully today is going to be another smash hit along those lines. I'm fortunate to have uh, my new friend, Adam Weber. Welcome to the show today for our Lunch and Learn. Oh, Kenny, it's awesome to be on, on with you. Just a gift. So, um, Adam, let's go right through to it. Um, you are a lead pastor of Embrace Church. You've had a 10-year journey there approximately, and you've had a wild ride. Just give us in a nutshell um, who you are and the, the Embrace story. Yeah, so uh, I'm born and raised from South Dakota, so this is definitely home for me. Never thought I'd be a pastor, let alone a Christian, and God changed my life. Went to college for business and marketing, never thought I'd be a pastor, ended up becoming a pastor, and um, 10 years ago started the church called Embrace. Uh, something about our story that people don't know is the first three years we struggled to grow. Uh, we stayed about 100 in worship, and three years in, uh, we were actually almost closed because it wasn't self-sustaining and it wasn't, wasn't growing. And um, we went to morning services um, seven years ago. And in one morning, we over doubled in size. And since then, it's just been a kind of wild, oh, amazing ride. So let's, let's talk about that little milestone, that inflection. What changed? Something happened. Yeah, so we, we were Sunday evening before, and we were meeting at another church in town in the, in, on Sundays. And I, I had the sense in my gut that if we went to Sunday mornings, if we get to Sunday mornings, we would grow. But I had no clue of how big a deal that was. Mm. Again, I knew in my, my there was something in, within me that it's like, gosh, I just think we will grow if we do. And so literally in three hours time, not even a full 24 hours, but in three hours time, we doubled in size. Wow. When we went to Sunday morning. So it was crazy, completely crazy. That's a fantastic that's a fantastic story. And so today, and so today how, how large is your, is your, um, your uh, community? community? Yeah, so we have five physical campuses, a sixth campus being online. Um, we um, four of the physical campuses are in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in, in T, South Dakota area. And then the other campus is on the far east side of the Twin Cities in, in Minnesota, in Minneapolis area. And so um, it's just been a crazy, crazy ride. We're praying about launching um, more campuses in the next 12 months is what our hope is. So, okay. And currently you have six campuses? Six campuses total, yep. Gotcha. Um, and okay, so let's Easter's coming up. That's a big day. It's like the Super Bowl for a lot of churches, right? It is. Um, what are some of the new tactics that you are employing at some of your campuses to get more people in your buildings this Easter? Yeah, we're constantly looking for ways to um, to do that. I mean, constantly uh, just looking for simple ways. So we're we often give out invite cards for kind of big series. And even just switching the look and feel and size of those, not getting stuck in a rut of always getting the same exact size. But so what do you say on the invite card? We'll say that one more time. What do you say on the invite card? We try to give a little bit of, a, of the heart um, asking questions of, of what it, it looks like. Um, so our series for Easter is called From Death. And so we're asking, uh, ever made a mistake, ever felt broken or empty or restless or hurting, ever felt like a part of you is dead? 
And so like that, that is really the heart kind of just to ask questions that if I tended to embrace and I gave to a friend, they might look at it and say, gosh, I have felt broken. I have felt jaded. And this is a church. Like, wow, that doesn't seem like something a church would hand out. And so maybe I'll check out more. And we always try to push people to a certain web page for those, those events. And so it's imembrace.com backslash Christmas or backslash Easter. And they, it goes to a page and there's a simple two minute video of just me kind of sharing the heart and also sharing a little bit about embrace. So just two minute video. Here's the service times. Here's the locations. We'd love to have you. And then you literally, you list, yeah, so you list the service times. You say, hey, come join us. Come join us. Yep. Trying to make it as simple as possible. Trying to keep the page as clean as possible. I don't want to send them a book. I don't want to send them like any huge thing to read. Just a short two-minute video that just shows a little bit of, of who I am and who the church is. And does the page um, have um, maps or directions? If you click, so uh, it will list off the different campuses and different service times. If you click the campus, it will go to the campus page that will have the locations and then have another like minute, minute and a half video specific to that campus to kind of give you more about, about that. So if you're like, gosh, I live in this area, it will bring you there and it will share a little bit more. But trying to keep it as clean because anytime I go to a website that has all kinds of stuff, I'm so confused. I'm like, ah, I'm not sure what to click. So I just click Alt Control Delete. So you know, like, but um, so yeah, trying to keep it as clean and simple as possible. Gotcha. And I love you focusing on video. Video messages, I guess, is something that has resonated with the people that you're trying to connect with. Oh, there's something about video that's impossible to replace. And right now, we're in between on having a video person on staff. And we're totally missing it because uh, to communicate who you are, you can just even one, even five seconds, you can say so much about who you are as a church that you would never be able to explain um, in in writing. And there's just something welcoming about like, oh, that person looks like somebody, somebody I could connect with or I could relate with. And so video is huge. It's critical. Gotcha. So, uh, so what is your video capabilities? How how large is your staff? If you've got ten thousand people, you've got a decent sized staff. And then, how many people are actually have the capabilities for editing video, making videos for you? Yeah. First off, I hope we have ten thousand eventually at some point. That's that's still a ways down the road. But um, on staff, um, we currently have so we have a lot of part times. I believe right now we have right around twenty five full time staff. And then the rest is part-time. So we utilize part-time partly um, for financial reasons, just to be good stewards of what we've been entrusted with. And also because in certain areas, we don't need a full-time person yet um, for that. But um, so, yeah, like I said, right now we're in between having kind of a video editor on staff. Um, so we're kind of jumping things just from people who know a little bit enough to be dangerous about video. Um, and so that's what we're currently currently utilizing right now. On Sundays, though, video is a huge part of what we do with being multi-site. Um, but I wish we had that video editor back on on staff again because when we've had them, it's been incredible to share the the stories of what God's doing and the changed lives that are taking place. Yeah, yeah. I um, I think it's also encouraging for a lot of churches that are watching today because there's most churches are smaller than you, right? Even at four or five thousand, and I say ten thousand because you guys are on the outreach fastest growing church list. I know this Easter, you're going to hit 10,000. I know it's not about numbers, but let's talk big. Um, but anyway, it's encouraging that as a church of your size, though, 
still doesn't have a full-blown meeting team. People think that they look at a church like yours, they look at a website like yours, and they think, oh, you've got like 50 people with video production capabilities, TV studio, and I can never do that with my small little church, yeah. right? Exactly. What, what, and, we, and we don't. And we, we have, seriously, we're, first off, we have nothing figured out as a church. And um, the amount of things that we are just resourceful with, I've never been more, more proud of how we use and steward the finances we're entrusted with as a church. And so we try to harness every dollar for the best that we can. Early on, though, what I realized, the first three years of our church, we moved to our new location at that time. And right. someone asked, how, how, how many like car loads or like um, U-Haul loads is it going to take to move all this stuff? And I said, if we have one pickup and two guys, I think we can do it in one load. And they looked at me and they're like, that's all we own. And I'm like, that's all we own. So what I, what we realized early on is that we weren't this, this church down the street. We weren't this large church. Again, the first three years we had a hundred people, but we could take one step. So how our like online services started, we bought a cheap security camera because we couldn't afford a nice one. We, we sat it on like the ledge of the sound booth and we used live stream for free which meant that you got random shady advertisements during the worship service, but that's all we could afford. And so then we, uh, when we could afford something else, we got rid of our security camera and we got like a nicer camera. And then we got, we actually paid for our services. So we constantly challenged ourselves. We can't go from here to here tomorrow, but we can go from here to here and here to here and here to here. So it's just about taking that next step. Yeah, I think um, I think it's it's a surprise. So many of the entrepreneurial big churches, the ones that are growing and having success, are the ones that are the ones that are scrappy and making do with what they can. And uh, I remember the, my first three months at Liquid Church. Um, part of the time, my desk was literally outside on the curb. There was no space inside. I had a chair and I had a little push cart, and I worked on that. And people would. Make fun of me, but that's how we do it, right? So um, I love that entrepreneurship uh, that that's coming out and embrace. Scrappy, um, scrappy is such a a scrappy entrepreneur is is the is is there's it's amazing how the Lord can use that heart instead yes. of so often it's like I'm gonna wait until I have this handed to me or wait until this comes. It's like no, I'm I'm gonna I've been entrusted with today and what I've been given. And I'm going to use it to the best of my ability right now instead of hoping and waiting until some day far off in the future. So um, let's talk about Easter promotion, right? So some of the things that you are trying now for the first time in, in your campuses, um, what are the, what's your highest you know, aspiration right now for something that you're doing in 2017 for Easter in terms of promotion? Oh, gosh. Um, I think this year, honestly, more than anything, uh, I, I'm praying this series would be a series that would grab hold of hearts and that from the series itself, we do an egg hunt. That's one of the things we've done every year. We do it the, after every single service at every single location. You don't have to go to a service to, to go to the egg hunt. If you want nothing to do with church, you're still, we, we'd, we'd be so excited to have you come, but that's been a huge draw as doing it right after the service. Um, but really my hope this year is it's a, the series would be one that would grab hearts and more than that would just move our current people to invite like never before. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about that series. Is that series starting on Easter, starting one week before Easter? Is it intentional if it's before 
continues through Easter? How, what's the timing of it? Great question. So this year we actually have another series that we're doing um, before it. So we'll do a three week series on prayer to go along with the book I'm, I'm writing. And then um, we have uh, Lisa Turkhurst is going to be sharing, which will be awesome. And then the Easter series is really two weeks long. It's Palm Sunday and it's Easter. Um, and then after Easter, we'll have another series. That's honestly the series after Easter is sometimes more critical than the, even the Easter series. Having something. So Easter, Easter, my biggest thing that I'm sharing is you need to come back because we're doing a series that's going to apply to your life and teach you more about the Lord and his word. And so you need to come back because this series is going to be starting up. That sometimes is even bigger than the actual Easter series. But yeah, this this series for Easter is two weeks long. It's Palm Sunday and it's Easter itself. Gotcha. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're thinking about what happens after Easter because oh. people have this cliff of attendance after Easter, right? Yep. Especially um, we've seen incredible uh, response from when we do it after Christmas. In January, January is typically a death zone in South Dakota for worship. But early on, we started doing a very, very practical series. So like this year, it was on it was around relationships for January. And um, it was amazing to see the uptick uh, after Christmas. So, I mean, our January was extremely solid here. And there's been some times in the past where we will grow towards Christmas. And then uh, one year we did a series, uh, at, it was it was just called Sex. We did it, we, and it literally, like our attendance just went straight up. It, 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 was, it was so much a response that I, we were actually crushed. I mean, as far as just being prepared for it. Right, right. Um, it was the first week was not a pretty situation as far as being organized. I'm like, oh my goodness, we drastically underestimated what was going to happen. So in the best way possible. Gotcha. And so in your Easter services, some churches are at this point ticketing for seats for registration. Do you do that? We, we haven't done that. Um, it hasn't, it hasn't hurt us yet. Um, we, there was, there was one year before we started going multi-site that we should have done something, something like that. Cause coming in, we knew we were going to be overloaded, but we just didn't know what to do, but we haven't done it. Um, and I, I don't judge churches that do. I think it's, there's why there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um, we just don't want to have anything that would discourage someone from coming. So luckily our people are awesome. As far as the people who are committed to embrace, if they see that a service is full, it's pretty amazing to see how many people will say, hey, we're going to come back to the next service and just kind of automatically like just see it and are like, nope, that those seats are not for us. Those seats are for people coming for their first time. So we're out. So they'll go they'll go grab coffee and then come back to the next service. There right. Was one, there was one family that skipped two services and came back on the third one and got it. So <laughs> it's pretty cool just to see that. Uh, they get some extra rewards and uh, treasures in heaven for sure. Yeah, just well, just so cool. Just cool seeing their their heart of a host. When you when you, when embraces your home or a church is your home, you're no longer a guest or a host. And I know in our house, if we had friends over and we ran out of seats, I w I would be the last person sitting. It would be like, no, you sit because this 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 meal is for you. Like you're our guest. Yeah, and so um, that's that's a great segue because when I'm talking to churches who are growing, who are vibrant, who are healthy, who are finding a good stream of new visitors on a regular basis. There's something different about the culture 
Um, can you tell us what is different about your culture? How are you getting your people to invite their friends, invite their family, invite their teacher, their coach, their coworkers? How are you getting them to do that? Because um, it's easy to say invite your friends, but it's really hard to motivate people to actually follow through. Yeah, great, great question. Um, I think just, I think just continually um, explaining God's heart for those who are lost. I mean, you, you go through a chapter like Luke 15, you cannot help but be struck by God's heart and the length he'll go to, to reach people. I mean, he, he's like a shepherd who's lost a sheep, who searches far and wide. And when he finds a sheep, he throws it on his shoulders. He comes home and he calls together his friends and neighbors and says, come rejoice with me. And, um, and that's the heart of God. And so even like our series for Christmas this year was called Good News. And um, when I first personally heard about Jesus and a relationship with Jesus, it was the single greatest news that I had ever heard. I mean, the single greatest news to the point that uh, at that point, I didn't even think I was going to be a pastor, but I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life telling as many people about the hope and joy and purpose and redemption found in Jesus. And I, I think when people realize that and when God changes someone's life, that's that, that's the second part of it. So sharing the heart of God and then sharing stories of changed lives. When you share stories of changed lives and when people begin to realize um, that that's maybe my husband whose life needs to be changed. That's my sister. That's my mom. That's my dad. That's my girlfriend. That's that's my son, my daughter who needs Jesus. Um we, and how cool to think that we get to, to, to be that welcoming face, that, that just that warm presence to someone else's life, to someone else's dad. And when you start to tie it to something personal, um, that's when it begins to take shape. It's like, whoa, why are we doing this? Because this church isn't about us. We're the hope of the world. We're, we're like a light that you would set up, up, up. You wouldn't hide it underneath something. You put it on the top shelf in your in your house. So it gave life to everything. And so I, I think just explaining the heart of God, sharing stories of changed lives, making it personal. Um, I'll never forget the. It was actually a family physician, a, a friend of my parents who invited my family to church where I would end up hearing about a relationship with Jesus and um, the impact his life he, he had on, on me. I, I, I just ran across him actually recently his son now attends Embrace and is in my small group, actually, which is so crazy. Just completely amazing. Just God's craziness, you know. But I just said, like, you you changed my life. And um, you never maybe knew that you would do that as a doctor um, because you're not a pastor, blah, 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 whatever. But he impacted me. And when people begin to realize that, um, and I think it's, it's especially people who long to have purpose, um, they're looking for they're looking for purpose. You mean I can be used? But I'm a doctor. I'm a, I'm a banker. I'm a teacher. I'm a mechanic. God can use me. It's like yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I I often tell the people that I'm envious because as a pastor, I'm normally surrounded by Christians. Well, there's a part of me that's envious to be out in the workplace and to be a light in what that looks like um, in their in every single day jobs. So I'm talking to my team. So how, from the stage, what type of calls to action are you actually giving them? How detailed do you get, or is it just a generic, you know, we're having Easter, we want you to bring your friends. Literally, what are you saying? What are the words you are saying? 
Yeah, oftentimes it's a, uh, hey, this invite card that you were given as you came in, um, it's actually not for you. It's for you to give to somebody else. And um, so this week, I, I, like, I, just, I, I just pray that you get this into the hands of someone who needs to be here. So even that, it's like anybody can do that. Um, other times when I've talked about reaching out, I've just shared um, just examples of what it looks like just to even invite people indirectly. Um, <clears throat> just when someone asks a question, like, you just seem different to actually be honest and tell them the, the real difference. Well, it, it, when someone says, you just have so much joy, where does that come from? To be able to say, like, this might sound weird. I, I know we're not, you know, may not supposed to talk about God here, but Jesus has, has changed my life. And I, I think those simple things of even just like praying for someone and letting them know, like, hey, um, I wanted, I wanted you to know that my, my wife and I, we prayed for you last yeah, night. Yeah. You said that your mom was going in for surgery. And so we just took a moment to pray for her. End of story. You don't have to say anything else. It's amazing how much those types of things impact or especially on Easter and Christmas. It's the two days that people want to go to church. Yep. If, they, if they have, a, especially I should say an, an asterisk, if they grew up in the church or have connection to church or their parents are involved in church, it's the two days that people are, you know, I really should go to church, especially if they have kids, I, you know, we should probably bring them to church. And so people don't know where to go. And so just to even to simply say like, hey, I just wanted to let you know like um, that we invited you. Another simple with technology, I mean, internet, just even encouraging people, something we've, specific thing that we've said is just encourage you to go on Facebook, take take five minutes and invite people to the Facebook event. Yeah. To say that on a Sunday, it's super simple. And it's, it's, it's the lowest bar of outreach you can possibly have is just clicking names and inviting them. So Nice, nice. Now, um, once we get people in the door, what is your strategy saying? This is the secret to growth, right? Is you got to keep them coming back. Yeah. So what, is, what do you do from the first time visit to the second time visit? Do you actually have uh, an email that goes out to them? Do you have a first time guest uh, gift or a gift bag or something? Does someone call them? What happens after they visit you? Great question. So first off, Hopefully everything we're doing is is encouraging them to come back. The way we treat their children and are kind to them and tell them about Jesus, our friendliness, our like friendliness is huge. Just actually acknowledging them as a person might be a huge step for a church that does not do that well. Instead of just talking with your same friends, actually going and welcoming them, and not in a weird way, but just saying we're so glad you're here. I mean the announcements we do. So we have a, a communication card on the bottom of our bulletin. Our bulletin is super simple. Most weeks it's it's one page front and back, and it's like an oversized postcard. It's not big either. And on the bottom of that is a connection card. And so we encourage people to fill it out. They can drop it in the offering basket as it goes by. If they're a first-time guest, they can stop by our info center, and we have a gift for them there. And um, that's a process. We're continuing to look how can we refine it. If we get their information for the first time, um, our campus pastors – or kind of the the pat the kind of their um, uh, second in command at each campus responds to them. Uh, we try to get it out in 24 hours. Some campuses do it wow. that day. They sent an email out immediately, or first thing the next morning, just following up with people and asking if they have questions. Let them know that it was awesome that they were there. Um, we we do, we probably have a um, 
are not aggressive in our follow-up intentionally. I mean, it's kind of just a really soft, hey, we just wanted to say that you're, we're so glad that you're with us and we'd love to have you come back. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty, pretty simple process, but hopefully, hopefully our connection place is just Sunday is uh, it, our, not just, but our main place yeah. is just feeling welcome and, and having them want to come back. Gotcha. Now, again, most of the churches in this country are a hundred persons or less in attendance. Um, even small churches in the 200, 300, they haven't reached those barriers yet. Uh, what would you say to some pastors in terms of encouragement and also uh, practical advice? Where do you start? If your church has not seen new visitors in a while um, or you've seen some visitors, but they don't come back, where do you start? What's the one concrete thing you can share with them today that are listening in today um, that they can work on between now and Easter? One specific thing about how they can grow? Yeah. Oh, gosh. One specific thing I would say for uh, um, is record a 40-second video, even on yourself, even on your own computer. Keep it really short and sweet. Hi, my name is Adam, and I just want to invite you to join us for, for Easter this year. For this year, our, our series is called um, and, and I don't know if you've ever wrestled with this, 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 but we'd, we'd love to have you come. We have two services times, and so... Um, it are, we're located on this part of town and we'd just be thrilled to have you, have you join us. Come right as you are. We'd love to have you. Um, just simple, just like that. Super simple. And have, uh, have your staff. If you have a staff, share it on their, on their Facebook, share it on their Instagram, their Twitter. If you don't have a staff, even if you do it, even if you do have a staff, ask core people, ask your small group to share that. Ask people who are anybody who's committed send an email to that committed group, whether it's 50 or 100, and just say, hey, we're su I'm super excited about the message for Easter. And um, this year we're praying that we'd have 150 people come or 200 people come. And so first off, if you could do these two things, pray that we'd see 200 people come. And then secondly, here's a link. If you would go to this link and share it on your wall and tell your friends to come, that'd be awesome. I mean, it can be that simple. I love it. Uh, or just, or even have a challenge of like, um, uh, I always try to make it as simple as I can. So like I said, a link right to the Facebook event or, uh, or sometimes I'll say this, um, Hey, if you would do these three actions on Facebook, click this link and share it on uh, Twitter, click this link and retweet. So, I mean, they don't have to go find it. It's a link directly to that and they can do it. Make it as simple as possible. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say. Thanks. That's uh, so practical. I love the fact that you literally walk through even just the verbiage of the video that you would shoot. Um, it is that simple, right? It just It's a bias for action is all you need. And, and, and the thing is, here, here's the heart behind it. If you're just doing it to grow your church, I can tell you that's totally empty. I mean, it's, it's as a pastor, living for church attendance is so, it's a miserable existence. Yeah. However, if your heart is to tell one more person about Jesus, I mean, I, I, I almost honestly start crying thinking about it. It's the greatest news ever. Yeah. For me, it's not to fill a room or to see a new attendance number. If I can tell one more person about the hope and joy and goodness and purpose and, and Jesus, I, for me, it's like, whoa, I'll do anything to do that. And, um, and God shows us the greatest example of what that is. It's like he sent us his one and only son, you know? to come and meet us right where we are. He, he didn't stay in heaven and say, hey, figure it out. 
you need to come to me. You need to get your act together and then come to me. He's like, no, you, you, you don't have it figured out. And that's why I'm sending you Jesus. Like he's coming to meet you right yeah. where you are. Yes. And uh, so when we start understanding that, it changes everything. Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much for uh, dropping by with our Lunch and Learn today. Tell us a little bit, how do people find out more information about your church? Do you have a website? What's the URL for that? Yeah, our website is just IamEmbrace.com. And then for me personally, it's just AdamWeber.com with one B. And um, yeah, would would, would be and you have a new book that's dropping uh, just this this next month? Uh, tell us a little bit. What's the elevator pitch for your book, Mister Author? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. So the book is just called Talking with God: What to Say When You Don't Know How to Pray. It's um it's a book on prayer and a super lighthearted approach, very conversational. Um, prayer is one of those things that we make so complicated as humans. We do that with a lot of things. And, and, and it's not complicated. It's as simple as talking with God. And um, so if you're a new Christian or you're on the fence about God and you're curious about prayer, it would, it would be perfect for you. So, um, yeah, I never thought I'd write a, write a book. You can get it, though, at Amazon, Walmart, Target, wherever uh, books are sold, it will be available. So. And then finally, if someone wanted to get in touch with you personally after hearing and meeting you here today, uh, what's yeah. the best way to do that? Carrier pigeon, smoke signals, Twitter, snail mail? How does someone get in touch with you? Probably the two best ways. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook all over the place. The two best ways, though, I, I'm actually most responsive on Twitter and on Instagram. So just Adam Weber on Twitter and Adam A. Weber on Instagram. So I'd be I'd be thrilled to hear from people. Great. Um, well, I know you've got a lot of planning to do for your, this Sunday and for Easter. Thank you so much for dropping by. Really appreciate the wisdom that you shared with us. And uh, blessings on you for this Easter season. Uh, so grateful for the time. Wonderful. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's session, please help us share resources like today's Lunch and Learn with more church communicators across the country. The best way for you to help is to thumb up this episode and leave some feedback on iTunes. It really makes a difference. And for more information on our online training platform and done-for-you social media graphic services, visit our website, at www.butler.church.